Hello, everybody. This is Jesse and Jerry V. And this is our podcast to give you updates about our ministry, the church planting that's going on in Italy, uh, updates about our life, what's going on, and informing you of different ways that you can get involved in what we're doing as the Lord is working through us in Italy. Thanks for listening. Jesse here today, everybody, uh, in Italy. And just um, this time we're taking an episode uh, out of one of our blog posts on the Practical Missions Cohort website, where we have the blog. Um, often what you'll see from us here uh, on the on the podcast is uh, our updates. Every, every 10 days or so, uh, there's an update of some sorts that we send out via email. And uh, we take that, we read it, and expound it a little bit. Uh, as as topics come up and, and different things uh, on the field here in Italy uh, that are related to the work, the, the ministry, the missionary ministry of church planting, uh, once in a while, as it happens, we, we put together a short uh, blog post or something like that. Uh, and then we want to go ahead and make these available also in audio format for those who follow us uh, as a, a podcast, listen to us, and uh, uh, just are curious about what we're doing and, and perhaps even gaining some insight from the unique work of missionary uh, church planning that we do here in Italy. And uh, there's a lot of talk about church planning today. Church planning is good. It's a great thing. It really does bring glory to God, really does enable uh, the lost to be reached uh, continuously and uh, in many different ways as the church being the light post of God and uh, full of believers who naturally want others to know the way of salvation together or individually in many different cases reaching out to the lost people in their context and and so on multiplying uh, as churches are supposed to and uh, missionary church planning is unique because it's uh, it happens in another context uh, usually by missionaries who are sent out leaving everything behind learning another mentality culture all those kinds of things new language and uh, having to raise support and then um, not just going to be pastors of a church and lead a church but to, uh, from nothing, uh, see the Lord work through them as they evangelize, make disciples, uh, and form a church. See the Lord form a church. And not even just that, but then seeing elders established within that church, uh, locals, nationals, uh, being equipped and trained uh, in, in the Word of God, in theology, in pastoral care, things of this nature, uh, to become, fulfill the calling that they would have from God, you know, men who are tested and tried and, and trained, and uh, then they become the leaders of the church while the missionaries step out and let the nationals do what they do best with their own people, leading and guiding them under the direction of the Lord and in submission to His Word. Uh, while the missionaries move on then and continue planting more churches. Uh, ideally then also with the help uh, of the, the members of that church, it's a way for them to get involved in the global mission by also you know helping the next church get going in, in a variety of different ways. So missionary church planning in a nutshell would be something like that, which uh, is a unique form of what we hear more and more common today, church planting. There's many ways to go about church planting, and, and we spe- 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 specify, there we go, uh, missionary church planting is, is usually what we're talking about here when we talk about church planting. Uh, so this blog post is uh, one of what we call missionary church plant basics, and this would be number two, is something new we just started putting together as it comes to mind. Different topics, we, uh, we give it a number and we give it a name, and then we put it on the blog. And then when I get around to it, uh, take a moment here just to uh, read it and expound it a little bit for those who do follow us, who do listen and uh, are curious or even looking to gain perhaps some insight, if we might have something to offer for you as well, depending what kind of ministry you might be involved in. Uh, so the title of this one will be uh, Innovative or Faithful. The idea of innovation is very, very common today, talked about a lot, even to the point uh, a lot of people say uh, church planners need to be entrepreneurs and things like this. 
Uh, I read a good article recently from uh, Nine Marks Ministry, uh, which said that's actually kind of silly. It doesn't really exist in the Bible that way. They need to be uh, men of God, of, of grace and faith, and uh, known for that, and uh, able to pastor and preach by the grace of God. And uh, God works to to establish churches. Now, it doesn't hurt if you have entrepreneurial-type skills or background or something like that. That could help, but it's definitely not a requirement. Uh, but innovativeness or innovation is something also that's talked about a lot today in the realm of church planning, and there's there's much that could be said about it. The short summary of this particular blog would be be faithful before you're ever innovative. God doesn't need people to be innovative. He doesn't need them to invent new things. He needs them to stay faithful to the old things. And usually the problem we as humans have is, you know, because of a sinful flesh that wants attention, prideful, all these kinds of things, we want to be inventors of new things. We want to stick out among the rest. Whereas the call of God usually uh, for the average pastor or preacher is to not be recognized, to put himself aside for the sake of Christ, and uh, not be innovative either, but to actually just, for once, be faithful to the call. Through thick and thin, through difficulty, even death if it costs you that, proclaim the gospel at all costs. That's what we see in the apostles, that was what we saw in Jesus Christ, and that's what we see also passed on to those who went after the apostles, like Timothy, Titus, uh, these folks in the Bible. Uh, so, I was motivated to actually throw together a couple words of this on my own, because I've been thinking about it of recent. But then we also, in the, in the Table Talk magazine from Ligonier Ministries, great, great thing, by the way, uh, Table Talk magazine, Ligonier Ministry, there was actually a, a short article from John MacArthur, and he was talking about the same kind of stuff. So I said, you know, that's really great. A lot of people could benefit from hearing what he has to say on this. So I'm going to quote him uh, in, this, in this particular article that I'm going to read, and then also just share, real briefly, a couple of my own thoughts on it as well, since I've been pondering this too. Uh, so here it is. Uh, if we must choose one or the other, always go with being faithful. Innovative or faithful, always go with faithful if you have to choose one or the other. Simply put, the call of Christ's servant is always to faithfulness before innovativeness. I'm not even sure if that's a word, innovativeness, but we use it in here anyway. Uh, in other words, the Lord's servant doesn't need to be an inventor of new things. He needs to be a follower, imitator, copier, even reformer, but not an innovator. It's just not necessary, that idea. John MacArthur says it well, and here's his quote. This is from Table Talk Magazine, May of 2017. He says, Paul's church, or sorry, Paul's charge to Timothy is carefully focused. So this is from the New Testament, uh, Paul to Timothy. Uh, he doesn't tell Timothy to be innovative. He doesn't encourage him to adapt his style to the fads and fashions of secular culture. Uh, he doesn't employ words like fresh, original, or imaginative, the verbal glue that binds so many 21st century church growth strategies together. In fact, Paul gives Timothy practically the opposite mandate. It is a clear, narrowly defined directive. Timothy is to guard the deposit of truth he has received. Parenthesis, 1 Timothy 6.20 and 2 Timothy 1.14. And he's to pass it on, unmodified and unadulterated, to the next generation. Being an effective disciple-maker is not about being chic or creative. It's about faithfully guarding the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints, Jude 3, and accurately transmitting it to another generation, end quote. That's from uh, Brother John MacArthur. Really, really good stuff, said well, and... Um, 
if it's said by him, you know, it's worth considering. Uh, so great stuff. Uh, and then we go on just to leave our own comments real briefly on the topic. Uh, this won't be a long episode today. Um, but it says this, and going on in the blog post, Practical Missions Cohort was birthed on the idea that what we have learned and received, we are not to keep to ourselves, but rather we are to teach it to others by involving God's people and equipping the saints to fruitful missions work. In our case, we are passing on not only the sound teaching of the gospel and scripture, but the unique and increasingly less known task of missionary apostolic style church planting. Uh, long story short, uh, we've been trained uh, about nine years or so in the unique and one particular task of apostolic style church planning, or what we call missionary church planning. Uh, and as time goes on, and once we see what else is going out there, and what else is going on in the world, and specifically here in Italy, we realize more and more, uh, everything we've been taught, we, we have an entire treasure chest uh, of information that's been experienced, lived out, taught to us, um, and that we've lived out as well, and are living out still. Uh, what we have is a unique thing. It's a, it's, a, it's a box, a giant box, a treasure chest full of all kinds of treasures. And we've been taught so much. We've been so blessed by those who went before us and then equipped us, dedicating time and, and, and sacrifice to, to get us the training that we've had. And we feel that we would be in sin to, to keep that to ourselves. And uh, seeing these verses from Paul to Timothy and that whole concept and seeing how more and more innovativeness is the talk and the old faithful gospel message is being lost along with the old practices of living out the message of Christ and, and the ministry that Christ has given, the mission that we have of preaching the gospel in one way or another, getting it out there so the Holy Spirit can save and then build His church. Uh, we feel the burden that we need to. We would be in sin if we kept this to ourselves and just lived it out. And that's why we stayed here. Practical Missions Cohort was birthed on this idea. Um, the idea is uh, we can't keep this to ourselves. Let's create an avenue for as many people as the Lord would will to get involved with us here on the field in Italy. So from a variety of different churches in the States, different denominations in the States, uh, people are able to come, get involved in a short-term thing or an internship, or even stay and do a two- or four-year term, long-term missions with us. And simply uh, living out the call here, we, uh, we give time to the people that would join us uh, to minister into their lives as well and pass on many of the riches that we also have received. And then those who have the call for long-term kind of ministry as we do in Italy as missionaries, uh, to best equip them according to who they are, who God made them to be, to be all that they can be for the Lord and bear as much fruit in the unique calling God has given them in this task of seeing more churches planted. So that's how the idea came about for Practical Missions Cohort to be birthed. Uh, was We can't keep this to ourselves. Mamma mia, we have so much to give now. How can we give it away? Practical Missions Cohort has become the, the answer to that. Uh, so Lord willing, we'll be able to uh, naturally just pass on all that we've learned. And we've created also the, the academia within Practical Missions Cohort to make sure all missionaries in the future that are working with us are able to uh, gain and grow as much as possible while serving the Lord. Going back to the blog post, the last couple couple paragraphs here, just three left, small ones, uh, says this, the, the temptation in our day is to be cool, trendy, and super innovative. Uh, if you follow any, most church planting networks, things like that, uh, they're just so cool. They're very cool, they're very trendy, chic, all this kind of stuff. Uh, but the risk uh, that I see usually is we, can, we, we, we think we're something great. We think we're cool. And the call to the disciple is actually to think 
very, very little of himself, nothing of himself, and think a lot of Jesus Christ. And so cool, trendy, and super innovative just doesn't really fit in so well. Uh, uh, and we say that here, that the task of the missionary is none of that. Cool, trendy, innovative, no. It is to uh, faithfulness, to the timeless message and method of Jesus Christ. That is our call. So our call is not to be that, cool, trendy, innovative, but to be faithful. Uh, it's always been that, the call. And the, not just faithful, but faithful to the message and the method of Jesus Christ. We don't need to modify the gospel. Actually, those who do preach another gospel, cursed are those, said the Apostle Paul. Uh, and that happens a lot in our day, uh, in many ways. Uh, but even the method of Jesus Christ. Uh, today it's common to hear, uh, you have to go serve other people if you want to preach the gospel. Well, but then we read in, in John chapter 4, Jesus, he was so tired from preaching the gospel and commuting and walking, and he had to be served. He was there and he let a woman serve him. He said, what, do you, what can I do? Get me some water. I need something to drink. He was so tired, he needed water. He couldn't get himself. He actually had someone serve him. And while they were serving him, he was able to preach the gospel. Uh, so that kind of goes in the face of, of the modern uh, understanding of how we do missions. And we have to be serving other people. Maybe you serving them the gospel message is enough, you know. And uh, service to them is definitely a good thing. I mean, we actually, we do that also. But it can't be the only thing you do, I guess would be our point. You have to be doing basic evangelism. And if you can do some kind of good deed and service, that's also really good. And that's a great way for the to get open doors for that gospel. But just remember, your good deeds aren't going to save anybody. You can be the nicest guy in the world and do the best deeds in the world. Until the mouth is open and the word is preached, nothing can happen. And even when it does happen, the preaching of the gospel doesn't mean everyone's going to believe right away. Uh, so, you know, in one way or another, you have to be preaching the gospel. And if you can do good deeds also, it doesn't hurt. It's a really good thing. Uh, but anyway, the message and method of Jesus Christ needs to be remembered, faithful to that. Uh, and much more can be said about that. Maybe in the future we'll talk more. But uh, going back to finish the blog post for today, it says, uh, in the spirit of innovation, uh, not a few gospel ministers have gone astray from simple and sound church practices. We see this when church membership, for example, doesn't exist. And as a consequence, neither does church discipline. These are things that are important to Jesus Christ. The idea of church discipline in Matthew 18, Jesus spelled it out really clearly. Paul demonstrated in his ministry as a missionary church planner. Uh, to love people, they have to be accountable. You have to uh, be involved in their life. If they're having repeated sin issues uh, and, and not confessing, they need to be confronted in love and it needs to be dealt with. Otherwise, in the church, we have problems of uh, lack of purity and 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 it loses its testimony, the Lord's church. He really, really cares a lot about his church, and he wants it to be pure and holy. Uh, but in today, uh, church can become uh, like a concert, can become like a big thing, like a club. And uh, some people don't even like to mention the word sin, we noticed, or repent. It's like they feel like they're saying a curse word. In church, that's where you need to hear these things. Everywhere you need to hear these things. But you can't love God if you're not aware of how you need to repent. I mean, we're called to repent. Uh, so that's just one idea. Uh, we see this also every time, back to the blog here, uh, every time being relevant in order to reach more for Christ has led to reaching more. Yes, but with an altered gospel message based on prosperity and health, actually leading them not to Christ nor salvation, but to a distorted understanding of God and salvation. And I remember recently I was in the States and a guy uh, was telling me how um, they baptized like a thousand people in the last year. And then he told me, yeah, the problem is keeping them in church, though, because we baptize a thousand, but, you know, more than half of them don't ever come back to church, you know, I don't know what's going on there. And I didn't say anything, but I thought to myself, I wonder what you're preaching to them. 
perhaps it's a prosperity and health and wealth kind of gospel where they come to God not for God, not for forgiveness, not for salvation, but they come because they want the benefits of Jesus Christ. They did this to Jesus himself all the time. They would come in masses uh, when it was convenient, when it was good. When it was time to be serious, they all ran away. Uh, and similar things happen. So what, what are we preaching? We can't lose track of that. Too often it happens in wanting to be relevant and reach as many as possible, the message gets changed. You make it softer, easier to accept. Uh, but the truth is, as I was telling some guys we were evangelizing yesterday, I said the hard part of my job is i got to tell you, you're actually quite wicked. You may not feel like it or recognize it, but before God, holy God, you're wretched. You, you really are. We all are, actually. But a lot of people can't handle hearing that. But you need to hear that if you're ever going to understand what that good news is. Because it's only good news once you understand your wretched condition before God the Father, a holy God. Um, so important thing, you can't lose the message you can't modify. But that happens also in a spirit of innovation. These kind of things happen. We want to be new, groovy, chic, innovative. But we lose track of the, the, the message, and that's bad. We lose track of basic church practices, very important things. That's bad. Communion only happens once a year. Are you sure that's a good idea? I mean, Jesus didn't say how often we're supposed to, but he did command to do it. It kind of makes sense to do it as often as possible because when we take communion, we're supposed to check our hearts, make sure we're right with God. We're confronting uh, you know, Jesus Christ. We're being confronted by him. And it keeps things you know, in a better state. Uh, the church is more likely to re repent of their sins, stay right with God, or if they're not right, get out kind of thing. So I don't know. A lot could be said about that. But innovation, faithfulness, again, let's keep faithful. Innovation is a secondary thing. And here our last, our last statement is that from the blog post. Innovation is helpful only when it doesn't drift away from the timeless method and message of Christ and his gospel as taught by the Lord himself and evidenced in Acts of the Apostles. Uh, so it's helpful innovation when it's together with uh, staying faithful to the timeless method and message of Christ and his gospel, uh, which we see also in the book of Acts. They just they stuck faithful to the task, preaching the gospel. The Holy Spirit did all the work. Uh, when we get too innovative, the problem that can happen is we start thinking we're doing stuff. We start thinking we're saving people, we're making disciples, we're growing a church. Whoever thinks that needs to take a good look in the mirror and understand something. It's not about you at all. It really isn't. Uh, when someone gets saved, you didn't do it. You may have been present. The Lord may have granted you the ability to say something. Uh, but the truth is, it's always and always has been, it's the Holy Spirit who regenerates. And that's apart from any man, uh, even the will of man, that's an act of God according to His sovereign will. He saves, He He teaches, He equips, uh, but He does give us the privilege to participate in what He's doing. And that's that's what it's about. If we forget that, if we become innovative, the temptation is we start thinking we're doing stuff, we're making a difference, our skills, our strategies, our techniques, and that's all just foolishness in the eyes of God. Don't be stupid. Don't do crazy things. Be innovative, yeah, but remember it's God who does it all, and don't ever lose the faithfulness to the gospel and to the method of Jesus Christ. So be encouraged, guys. We thank you. God bless you. And as much as you are involved in PMC, you too are being faithful to that call. So we thank you for that. God bless you guys. Take care. Ciao, ciao. Thanks again for listening. For more information about our church planting ministry in Italy, you can visit us at practicalmissions.com. Thanks again. God bless. Bye-bye. Ciao, ciao. ciao.
If you like the podcast, we encourage you now to come on over and join us on the inside. If you love Jesus Christ, you love this podcast, you love the Italian people, you love the Church of Jesus Christ, it's the perfect place for you to meet other people and uh, see and understand more about the Italian culture and what is going on with Practical Missions Cohort in the Italian context. Look forward to seeing you over there. God bless.